Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we're covering our favorites from 2021. Yay, the year is almost over. Thank God we can get over this year and start a new one. You know, the last two years have been rough, so I don't even look forward to the new years. I'm just like, okay, it's going to be another year. Let's see what this one has in store. Yeah, like I said, 2022, that's the year a lot of terrible things happened in sci-fi movies, so Mm -hmm. it's not sounding good for us. Dumpster fire. (laughs) So this is the last episode of 2021, and we're going to go into 2022 with a lot of new content. Uh, Some exciting things we have in the horizon. And a new Scream movie. Yeah. And like, let's see. uh, About a month. About Well, I was going to count on like from January 1st. It would be like 21 days. Because it gets like 20, January 22nd when it comes out. And And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And one of the movies that we'll be covering next month will be one that uh, we saw a lot of similarities to Scream in. Yes. I'm not going to say it was a great movie, but there was a lot of similarities to Scream in it. <laughs> it, it, was, it was something. So, this year saw a lot of sequels, per huge. Remakes, revisionings. Yeah, all, all of that, all that shit. And, you know, oh, we got The Quiet Place 2 and Halloween Kills and... Uh, Halloween Kills and the Candyman uh, sequel. Candyman, yeah, Candyman. Uh, they were not terrible. No, but they did not make our list. No, but I'm saying they weren't the worst movies ever made. This wasn't like the year of Halloween Resurrection. Now, some people may agree or disagree on the ones that were our favorites. And to be honest, we actually didn't cover a lot of films um, that came out in 2021. Uh, we, you know, we mostly did older films this yeah. year. And I don't even know what our ratio is to, like, old to new, like, year to year. But I feel like we try to keep it even. I am a stickler about f- seeing new movies. So, you know, they really have to catch my interest. Uh, Shad will watch anything because he's more open than I am. Yeah, I'll give anything a try. I get disappointed a lot, but... You know, that's how it goes. So let's start off with a film that a lot of people did not like. <laughs> but, the, you know, and the film has issues. When we covered it, we discussed some things. Carrie was our friend Carrie. She uh, was on our podcast when we covered Malignant. Yes. Uh, James Wan film. And, you know, it the pacing is weird and the dialogue is weird. And it's like a it's like a, a CSI episode, you yeah, know? Yeah, one of the really strange CSI episodes where they got really off track and got weird, which they have done. And this kind of felt like that. They just took it to the extreme. But I'm not even mad about the movie because, you know what? I have to give the originality to it. Was it the best, you know, screenplay? Like, was the dialogue good? Was, you know, the pacing of the film perfect? No, the movie has its flaws. But I feel like the originality and the craziness of the film is what puts it on the list for me. And let's be honest. A lot of people were hating on this movie and saying bad things about it. But you know what? If this movie had been released in 1985, 
it would be a cult classic now that everybody loved. And later on, it's probably going to be a cult classic. Yeah, it's gonna. It was one of those ones. I feel like, like I said, if it had been released in the eighties and no one watched it, like like a Halloween three type thing, where it's like it came out, no one gave a shit about it for like 10, 15 years, and then all of a sudden people started saying, "Hey, did you see Malignant? It's pretty good." That's what I kind of think will happen here. It may not take that long now, but. I think in a few years, people will start talking about it, and it'll be a cult hit. Yeah, the whole... I mean, we've seen it before in a lot of other films, you know, Basket Case, and, you know, films like Pumpkinhead, more so Basket Case, but um, where we do have that kind of, like, twin or attached being, you know, to someone. But this is it's never been done like this. I love the way how the brother took over her yeah. mind and made her see and put her in literally, I mean, like dream sequences. Or she thinks she's in some other place, you know, and it, it's just... And it's, it was a fraternal twin in a way, too, because, you know, they usually, when this kind of thing happens, it's two guys, two girls or whatever. This one was a male and a female. The male just happened to be the little tiny thing sticking out of the back of her head, you know? Yeah. So it's a little different that usually it's an identical, it's the same guy. The dark half. Yeah. That was the other movie I was thinking yeah. about. You know, we've seen it in other movies, but we haven't seen it like this where it completely takes over the body and it's doing the craziest things. And in the realm of, like, impossibility, it just takes you out there so far out. And the whole, like, fight at the police station at the end is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. It really went over the top, and it was great. Just, like, I don't know how long it took them to film that, but bravo. They did a great job on that. So that's what that's what puts it on the list for me. Is there something that made this movie stand out more for you than the other ones that we saw this year? Um, Besides what we've already mentioned? No, I just, I, it was, like I said, maybe it's not, like you've said it before, it wasn't the greatest in some ways, but in other ways, it was amazing. So we definitely recommend you watching it, just so you can either go back and say, man, I really hated that movie, or man, that shit was fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, and I'm never going to see anything like that ever again. Because, I mean, gosh, I've seen thousands of films, and I have never seen anything like that. Yeah, there's been some movies that are like that, but they're usually very low-budget trauma-type things Yeah, that no one really sees or that don't have the same like production values with it and that kind of stuff. So they really went out of their way to make this look good and be a crazy, you know, indie, crazy film as opposed to being like a more normal, straight Hollywood horror movie. Our next film is based on a video game that came out in 2016, Werewolves Within. And which reminded me the video game obviously, you know, came out uh first, but this movie reminded me of the 70s film that I believe we covered. No, we haven't covered that one. We Beast didn't. Must Die. We saw it, but we didn't we didn't cover we it. We haven't covered it yet, but that's one that uh, would be good for the next year as well. Uh cuz I won that special Blu-ray of it. Yeah, yeah. The Beast Must Die. So it's a werewolf whodunit. And this one, I mean, I got like a very Eureka, like, 
you know, sci-fi movie kind of feel to it, like TV show, because the characters in the movie, the residents, are just so fucking wacky. Yeah. You know, and they each have, you know, their thing, and it's, it, it is, it's who done it. Everyone has a motive. You don't know exactly, obviously, based on the title, you know there's going to be a werewolf, but there's other things going on in the movie besides the werewolf. And the thing is that you could have done this as a TV series if you had told me this was a you're going to do a six episode TV series out of this. You could have expanded this and done like a probably I'd say no more than six part TV show to it, but it could have been an interesting way to do that. But you know, even as the movie, it works, and it's probably the I haven't really played the game, but it's got to be the best video game movie that I've probably ever seen. Because usually when you hear video game adaption, it turns out to be a Mortal Kombat or a, you know, Street Fighter or, you know, something terrible along those lines that you just are like, oh, God, why did you bother? But this one, uh, it came out pretty well. Uh, Sam Richardson is playing Finn Wheeler, the cop, and, you know, his positive, upbeat cop, you know, that is a stranger to this town. So just like the audience watching, just like us watching the film, we're getting to know the residents. He's also we're along the we're along for the ride with him, getting to know these residents as well, and trying to find out exactly what's going on, and you know finding out that everyone has a motive, very clue like. Yeah, and it's an interesting trick too. I like how they worked it into the script that he. Uh was going around with the male woman that day. Like, she's going, she's going around on her route, and he's walking around with her and helping her. And that way, you literally get to take a quick tour of the town, find out what everybody's like. It's a neat way to introduce the whole town to everyone without having to come up with a reason for him to go to each individual house. This way, it's just he's walking with the mail carrier. You get to hear a little bit about everyone. And it kind of reminds me on that scene. I can't remember the movie. It's like a World War II movie where they're going through the plane... And as they're going through the plane, they're, like, talking to everyone and kind of explaining what their job is to, like, a reporter or something on the plane. And you get a real sense of what everyone on the plane does and what's going on. And it's just a neat trick to introduce all the characters. Yeah, and there's definitely a ton of recognizable people in here. You have Michaela Watkins, <coughs> who uh, was in Britney Runs a Marathon and Wonderlust. She's, like... I, she she would be like playing like a Karen kind of character because she's just perfect at being like a psycho. <laughs> um, and then you have uh, Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows is also in the movie. Uh, Javier Guillon, he's in the movie too, and uh, you know he his character. I just love I just love like watching him. Yeah, he's great in this. He's great in what we do in the shadows. He doesn't get enough credit on that. No, he doesn't. He's he's a he's very uh likable. Yeah. You know, even if he's the bad guy, I still like I still love him, you know, and he uh he's done a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, that I obviously was all into beforehand um before he even got into the whole what we do in the shadows. Because uh, I was watching him on The Magicians, um, mm. this other show uh, that was around that I lived. Um, so, yeah. 
that's definitely and we we saw that we saw that in house right we didn't go to the theater yeah also malignant yeah that we both we saw i think we saw all these on the thing in house we didn't see a lot of the theater this year except for like Candyman and halloween because actually we had passes to go see those (laughs) that's true and then and i have to say this is probably my favorite movie out of all the ones that we saw Psycho Gorman. <laughs> yeah. Because if you've ever wondered what it would be like if the band Gore made a movie, that's kind of what Psycho Gorman's like. You get the crazy, insane characters that look like they're all from a Gore video, and they all just go nuts. The My favorite part in this movie is when the, like, the council or the squad comes to Earth, and they're just this crazy group of people there's one that's literally just like a giant tub of body parts with arms and legs like what the fuck is that thing i don't even understand what it, how it's moving around or what it's doing and everything but it's here to kill psycho gorman and it's amazing it was such a fun movie and it gave me like flashbacks it reminded me so much of 2015's uh, turbo kid which is one of my favorite movies i love that movie but like the music and just the feel of it it's so it's just a fun watch and you know the characters i mean they're like 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 real characters like they created these things are not cgi'd yeah these are all like latex and you know foam rubber they may not look exactly perfect, but that's kind of what gives them their charm, too, is it looks like an old-school monster movie you would have seen years ago. And like I said, some of these things are just so nuts. And then, like, the angel that's here to stop him and just the whole crazy story of it. And the girl, the little kid that finds him and ends up controlling him with the magic stone is just so nuts because that girl is such a psychopath. Like, she literally needs to be locked up because she is not right. Yeah, this film started off the 2021 uh, last year because it was released in the United States in January of 2021, but it it came out in 2020 elsewhere. Um, the kids in the movie are just, they're assholes. <laughs> like, the only likable character is Psycho Gorman, and he's the evil guy. He's the murderer. He's just tearing people apart left and right, doing crazy shit, and you can't help but root for him because you're like, man, he is just, these kids are fucking him over. He's just true to himself. He's like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. I came here to murder the entire galaxy, and I'm going to keep doing it. Thank you. Yeah, like, (laughs) this is me. This is what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, and I hope to see, you know, more from uh, Stephen Kostansky uh in the future now, he was involved with that movie a few years ago the void wasn't he i think so yeah i think he was as well and i know a lot of people gave that movie shit but for a uh crowdfunded movie it did a pretty good job of you know it's not the most original movie out there but it wasn't bad especially for like a, a first time effort for people it uh, it was pretty decent it was it was cuz it was just such a it was such a cross of so many movies. Yeah, he did write that. He did co-write that. You know, it was 
it was a little bit of everything. It had Hellraiser vibes. It had the Thing vibes. The Beyond. It had a little. It's like somebody else said that they named all the movies, and then they said, "I love, love, love all the movies that this one is ripping off." But like I said, it was a first time movie for them, so I'm willing to cut them a little slack. So I enjoyed that one, and yeah, like I said, I'm anxious to see what comes for me next. Yeah, we have to go back and watch like Manborg. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. sure that's an exciting one. Uh, we have to see what other what other shenanigans he's come up with because he definitely has a very vivid imagination. Yeah. And the the movie, you know, had a lot of had like an eighties, nineties feel to it. You know? This but, is the kind of thing you would have seen late night on like night flight in the uh, 80s or something like that. They would have shown this like piece at a time during the evening, you know? Wow, night flight. You took it back. Oh, yeah. And the last movie um, that I really enjoyed, we watched this one on Amazon Prime, was The Manor. Yes. And The Manor, uh, Barbara Hershey, she's, you know... Uh, an elderly woman who, com- you know, puts herself into a nursing home. And she starts experiencing, you don't know whether it's her dementia that's starting up or she's actually experiencing these things um, that's happening at this nursing home. <coughs> and she's had to, you know, deal with what's going on and figure out, is she losing her mind or are these things really happening? And that is like... I love this film because you rarely ever see older people uh, be the leads in horror films. Yes, almost always teenagers. Yeah. And it was refreshing to see this uh, in this, you know, in a nursing home of all things. <coughs> like, yeah. uh, Sorry, I had a little cough there. Um, one of the things I liked about this is that when you eventually find out what's going on, there's an opportunity, you know, the, the villains a lot of times in the horror movies or even the superhero movies will have their grand speech where they explain what's going on. They say, you could join me. You could be with us and we could do this and you could have this power. And the hero always says, no, no, I, I stick to the good. I stick with what's right and I'm not going to have any part of this. They don't do that in the manner. When they get offered the deal at the end of this one that comes around and says, look, you can stay here and be old and miserable, or you can be young again and help us out with this. She's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I would really rather go back to being young. And just joins up with him. And you don't see that in a lot of movies where the person just says, you know what, fuck it, I think I would rather just be on this part of it because I don't want to be old and losing my faculties. I would rather help these people out with what they're doing, and I would rather stay young. Yeah, and that is just like, whoa. Because how many of us would take that opportunity if you knew, I mean, obviously she had some issues with it because she did think about it. Not for 20 years, but she she took a thought to it. Yeah, she thought about it for a minute before she said yes. But yeah, it's it's a little different than the other things because they could very easily have done the, the same thing you've seen in other movies where she pretends like she's going along with it and then shoves them into the fire and runs away and then goes back to quietly sitting at her home that's what always annoyed me about the twilight zone episode and they did it in the movie too where the people could be young again and go off and live their lives again and the guy says oh Haley's comet's coming around 
Do you want to see that in the body of a 15-year-old? Or do you want to see that when you're 78? No, bitch. I want to go back to being 15 because I don't want to be 78. Yes, I want to see Haley's Comet in a 15-year-old's body. Let me go back and do that. They weren't even asking him to do anything evil. He just gave him the choice to be old or be young. Why not take it? Probably because they don't want to have to relive. Once you're already old and know all the shit that you have to go through as an adult, they were like, nah, bro, if I go back to being 15, I have to do all this shit over again. I'm tired and I don't want to do that. But I'm going to be 15. I can do it all again. And this time I can fuck people over because I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> they were not about that life, apparently. Now, there were some runner-ups. We did we did some four movies this year. Yeah. We did Schleff, uh, Sleep. Um, both of these movies came out in 2020 in their respective countries, but they came out uh, stateside in 2021. And The Last Manatee. Matinee. Matinee. Not Where the is it, Manatee? You said manatee. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a mask, and I'm so sick. But... <laughs> Now all I want to see. Now all I want to see is the last manatee movie. It's a manatee, <laughs> and he's got like a headband on, like fucking Rambo, and he's going down the he's going down the like river here in Florida, and they're like, in a world where there's only one manatee left, he'll take revenge for all of his fallen brothers and sisters. He just rams the boat, and they're like, that's a manatee. He can't do that. You hear him look up and go, fuck being a manatee, and then he just starts murdering everyone on the boat. That's the movie we're making. Copyright right now. Shad Youngblood. Don't steal my ideas. You know that fucking sci-fi or what's that other terrible... The Asylum. The Asylum is going to just take this idea and run with it. That's what we should do next year, next year sometime. We should do a month where we just cover terrible Asylum ripoffs of horror movies like Snakes on a Train or their... Uh, they did. I know they did Transmorphers. No. Not related to Transformers in any way, shape, or form for legal reasons. What was the other one they did? Oh, they did Pet Graveyard. Stop. With a hairless cat <laughs> on the cover of it. To, you know, make sure you don't confuse it with Pet Cemetery, Because, you know, a graveyard and a cemetery are two different things. Wink, wink. Last Matinee. There we go. That's the one that was good. And we rather enjoyed both of those films. They were both unique in their respective uh, genres. Um, the Last Matinee was really kind of like a slasher giallo kind of... Uh, it wasn't quite a full giallo because you knew right off the bat who the killer was, but it did remind you of that because he had the black gloves on and you know was creeping around doing crazy shit. And then Sleep was one of those weird... like hallucinogenic dream kind of movies where you weren't sure exactly what was going on for part of it, but they did explain everything, which I enjoy. A little bit of ambiguity is fine in movies, but I hate it when they leave it so vague that it just doesn't... You're like, oh, okay, well, I don't even care because it's so vague. It can mean anything, so therefore it means nothing. So in the last... <laughs> now I can't even fucking say the name of the movie. Matinee. There we go. In the last matinee... The killer's name. I couldn't get over this, okay? I still haven't gone over it. I think it's been like three weeks since we did the film. Maybe. I don't even know. Come ojos. Like, wh like what is that? Like, like, I can't. Like, eater of eyes. It's a terrible English translation, but that's what it is. Like, eye eater. This is disgusting. <laughs> I mean, 
But he did have a pickle jar full of eyes. But that's, yes, but I think that's what I like about his name. One, it's in Spanish. And two, it's disgusting. And it, it literally sums up what he does. Like, you know, you got Jason... Okay, that's just his name. Freddy. Like, Freddy. Okay, that's his name. Like, Freddy's this is not like, you know, his name isn't just like Dream Killer. Yeah, exactly. That'd be pretty dope, though. Freddy Dream Killer. That's his middle name. Freddy Dream Killer <laughs> Cougar. <laughs> Michael Myers. You know, Slow Walk Myers. Like, none of these, like, the killers have normal names. A lot of them don't have exactly what, like, the style that they kill in or, like, what they're doing in their name. That's not... So, it was cool to say, oh, okay. Of course his name is fucking Come Ojos, because that's what he does. And he's just eating eyes. And it's a, and it's gross, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, yeah. that's That was the best part of the movie for me. That, and, and I love any film that's in a, a, a movie theater. Especially if it's, like, an old... You know, movie theater. Yeah, they never set these really in like a a mall multiplex kind of thing. It's usually always some kind of old classic theater, which I'm going to guess is because the old classic theater needs the money. <laughs> so gonna, I was going to say because they're fucking haunted. <laughs> both probably, but they have haunting stories. Yeah, but those were both pretty good ones this year, and uh, I was glad we got to catch those. They kind of flew under the radar. If I, you know, I, I saw a press release on them. Otherwise, I wouldn't have noticed either one. Yeah, uh, but like likewise, I would have not noticed number one. And there were other movies that came out this year. We just didn't see them, so we just are picked chose our favorites based on what we saw. Um, I'm sure you know. Oh, we forgot another one of our runouts that we were going to talk about this year was actually another. I don't know if it's so much a remake, sequel, what you want to call it. There have been so many wrong turn movies. That have come out over the years and you know the first one was fine it came out and it's like oh it's kind of a texas chainsaw kind of ripoff type thing but it, it's fine they make a little bit better choices in it it had some good core but each time they did a sequel part two was fine but after that they just got worse and worse and worse and i know you suffered through like what five of them one time with carrie i saw all of them yeah I, and there's well, I saw the, yes, I saw the first five. I did not see number six because number six hadn't come out when we saw them. I saw them. I saw probably this like a uh, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen when I saw all of them with her. Yeah, so they just got worse and worse. But this one, honestly, if you hadn't have called it Wrong Turn, if you had released it under a different name, it would have been a standalone movie that could have just been fine. People wouldn't have even known that it was a remake. Because it really has nothing to do with the originals. Um, it's it's a pretty good film. Uh, we actually did an episode on it that got destroyed with, over some computer problems. Oh, devastation. Yeah. But it was actually a pretty good film. It, um, it was a pretty good episode as well. Yeah. But, <laughs> like I said, it was a remake that did the right things. Like it, If you hadn't have called it Wrong Turn, if they had called it something else... Because really... The first one, you know, they made a wrong turn, literally in the car, got lost, ended up in all the crazy shit. This, they were out in the woods and just kind of got lost and ran into some people. They could have called that something, this movie, another title, and it wouldn't even have made a difference. You would have just been like, oh, okay. 
and you wouldn't have connected it with the wrong turn. It would have been a standalone movie, and it might have gotten a little more attention. Yeah, it could have. It could have. I really enjoyed the movie. I didn't think I was going to. One, because I, you know, I already sat through five of them, so I was like, well, this is going to be shit. But you're right. It could have been named something else. Uh, it probably would have gotten more recognition if it had been called something else, so it's already going in with a recognizable name, so people would just gaff it off. But it was an enjoyable film. I liked the direction it went in. It was pretty fucking out there and crazy. Um, it really kind of strayed away from the crazy barbaric, like, hillbilly beings in the fucking mountains. And it kind of had, like, a the village kind of yeah. vibes where people just decided to stay away from society and how this has been going on for generations you know and they yeah. were kind of like set up there they had done so they did some terrible things and they weren't like nice people but they weren't just actively out hunting people down in the woods trying to kill them yeah like, it's only people that came across their territory that they felt like they were threatening and even then what was interesting was in the movie was that when they came across the people and realized that this person had like fallen into a trap they said they pulled them out and were going to take them down the mountain and just leave them somewhere near like the road to be found but of course someone stepped in one of these people stepped in saw what was happening shot one of the people and then they were like, well, it's on now. You've killed one of ours. If they had just let things go. Yeah, but of course, you see your friend hogtied to a fucking stick. It looked like they're going to, you know, roast cooking. him like a fucking pig. And these two people are dressed, you know, with crazy, you know, furs and, you know, loincloths. And they're looking wild. You're, even if they were dressed in fucking suits, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. So, yeah, they kind of jumped the gun, but... They could have fired a shot in the air and yelled, get away from our friend and yeah. let things go. But they went a little crazy. And so you kind of felt like, okay, they started it a little bit. So the civilized people became uncivilized. Yeah. The movie has a lot of, you really sit, you know, think about it. It's it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. But yeah. yeah, that was it that was a an honorable mention. Yeah. An honorable mention. And let me tell you. Were there any older films that you enjoyed this year that didn't obviously necessarily didn't come out in 2021 but we covered? Hmm. Um I'm trying to think of ones that I had not seen before that we watched for the first time this year. Um I gotta say that Return to Salem's Lot was one of the weirdest ones, because I don't know what they were smoking on that movie, but it wasn't good stuff. That movie was fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, no, most of the ones that came out this year that were older, we I had already seen or you had already seen. I think the only one that what we hadn't seen before was the uh, uh, Return to Salem's Lot, or um, now one that I had heard a lot about. This one I had forgotten about was uh, Kathy's Curse. The one about the haunted doll. Oh no, I didn't forget about that one. Yeah, that one was uh, that one's pretty interesting. Uh, I had heard about that for years, and then when I finally got a chance to see it, I was like, okay, yeah, this is just as crazy as people said. What about that one where it's like the winter one? There's not a lot of winter films. Big uh, chill factor. Yes, chill factor. We covered that last year. 
Uh, no, it was this year. I mean, yes, this year, yes. Yes. I'm already living uh, yes. in 2022. The movie where it's taking place, we were flashing back to see what the events that happened in the year. They're like 30 years later, so the movie's actually taking place about now when they're flashing back to it in 1991. They're in our time when they're telling everyone about it, which would have been the future when the movie was made. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah, the timeline in that movie was like really off, and that movie was all over the place. There was... Like the weird Ouija the Ouija made a board. board game. Yeah, that looked like a board, looked like a mousetrap board game glued on a Ouija board. That one was all over the place too. And then it opened up like the thing for the demon to come through, and then he's possessing a guy, and the guy just decides that he's gonna have sex with all the ladies, and all the ladies are having sex with him. But the one lady in the end knows she's having a sex with a demon, but the sex is so good she can't help herself, so she's just going to keep having <laughs> sex with a demon. <laughs> it was like a softcore porn mixed with a horror movie. I don't. There's so many weird things in that film. Yeah. I don't know if I just love it or if I just... Uh, I don't even know how I feel about it. It was. It's definitely something to watch. Yeah, check that one out. And this has been the the last couple of months have been pretty good for uh, horror TV shows too, because Dexter's back, and then this new season of Dexter, the Dexter New Blood, has been really good. So good. Uh, Yellow Jackets, we've been watching that. That's also pretty horrifying. That's his. This is kind of like uh, Lost, but it's finally the hardcore version of Lost that we never got, like where things go really bad. And yeah, hopefully it's not like Lost and there's an actual, you know, resolution. explanation, resolution of shit. And I don't feel like I just spent years of my life that are down the fucking drain. So far, it's very good. And I love the cast. Yeah. But hopefully they don't botch it at the end. Like so many things that we started watching, we were like, hey, uh, my mind just blanked on the title of it. What is the, the Stephen King one? I don't even know. Castle but- Rock. Oh, Castle Rock, yeah. Where it's like the first season of Castle Rock. You're like, hey, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. This is terrible. Then the second season, same thing. You're like, okay, okay, we're going along. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. They're redeeming the end. It's terrible. Yeah, or that other shit show that everyone loved that we got an early pass to watch like a day before anyone else did. And Mm. then we saw the first, well, the first episode of it. And then we had a technical difficulty, so we couldn't technically see the ending of it. But then we, you know, obviously the next day, Midnight Mass. I don't know what y'all people talking about. I feel like everyone that loves Midnight Mass never saw or read a Stephen King novel or movie ever in their life. They're like, this is the most original, amazing shit I've never seen and, and I've never heard and I've never experienced. And I'm like, this is just Stephen King. Like, guys, come on. This yeah. is... like but worse than that because it's it was like to me it was like the worst Stephen King books where it's a great concept but it goes on too long it's like this person is dealing with their demons via you know which obviously that's a lot of Stephen King stuff but at least at some respect he's able to do it in an entertaining manner where I'm not like what the fuck is going on I really do think like Midnight Mass wouldn't have bothered me so much if it had been four episodes instead of six it was way too many episodes. If One had, episode was way too much. If the, you had cut it down to where every episode was, instead of being a solid hour long, if all of them had had about 10, 15 minutes cut out of them, 
and then, like I said, reduce the number of the episodes. I, I think it would have been all right because it played kind of like a long movie, and that would have been fine, but it just, it just went on too long. There was so much unnecessary stuff in the middle. I get you want to have arguments about what religion means and what faith and addiction and everything is, but a 10-minute discussion of that is fine, but I don't need to sit through a 40-minute discussion of that. No, it was like when you're reading The Shining and Stephen King wants to discuss about the origins of the fucking boiler and the fucking curtains. And you're like, guy, what are we doing right now? I don't need to know the history of this boiler. Like, and the fucking people that have put the coal in it or whatever. Like, can we pass this part? Like, there are so many different monologues in Midnight Mass. They're just all the same. They're so drawn on and long. The pacing was terrible. The acting was fine. The main guys, like, the the guy that was in jail, no point to his character. Because he did nothing redeemable. He just fucking committed suicide. Like, that was it. He did nothing. He, he didn't try to save the town. He didn't try to save the girl that he loved. Or his family. He was like, I can't deal with this, and I'm out. And he just burned himself on the fucking boat. And it's like, he's the main character. Like, the movies, the, the thing starts with him in the fucking jail. And, like... Oh, or in his uh, when he has his DUI and it follows him to this place and then literally right before the thing ends he just like bye he's out and I'm just like what, what was the point what was his point in this if they'd had him kind of like help the people of the town fight something redeem your life like and the life that you took like okay I took a life but now I'm going to save all these lives he didn't he left a pregnant woman you know, well, I guess she had lost a baby by then, but he left, like, the girl that he loved and his family to just deal with it themselves and took the easy way out. Like, after he endured all that time in jail and having to live with all that guilt and all that stuff, he could have committed suicide at any given moment. But it was like, now he has left his addiction with alcohol. He's been able to, like, be without it but now he's like quote unquote addicted to blood and he couldn't handle it he's like i can't have this thirst for blood i feel like an addict again and i can't live that life and i'm out like is that what mike flanagan's saying about himself like i don't know it was just it was too much i was not about it it's yeah. it was terrible i don't know what I, any of y'all talking about you all love this and it's the best thing ever and i'm just like no it's not it's it's just <laughs> it's not good <laughs> it's not good mike flanagan i love you but i do not love you for this TV series. Yeah, like I said, I I saw what it was doing and I was okay with it, but it just needed to be less. Less is more. It's like a lot of movies that we saw this year other than that, um, like Nightmare Alley, Matrix Resurrections, all those would have been a little better if they had been a half hour to 40 minutes shorter. Some of these people just feel like they have to have three hour epic movies. No, every movie doesn't have to be three hours to be good. Oh, Nightmare Alley. I wanted to like that so bad. And it was just so long drawn. And it was just... Yeah, I, I still liked it. But it was just <sighs> a little... It was just too drawn out. It, just it needed, was too long. It needed a good 30 minutes cut out of it. It was two and a half hours. If it had been two hours, I'd have been fine with it. No, I need an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> That's it. I've seen enough noir movies. You don't have to noir it up for me. I've seen it. I, 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 I get it. I get what you're doing there. Let's just cut it. Let's just cut all that time out. Just get to the point. Which you already know what the point is when you're already watching the movie. Because the movie's predictable. Yeah. 
I felt like the movie was predictable. It was. I mean, it yeah. was gorgeous looking, and everyone did a fabulous job. The acting was great, and everything looked great. Cinematography, fantastic. The clothing, fantastic. Like it, it was spot on. Everything was fantastic looking. Of course, like it always is, but it, like you said, it it needed to be cut down on time, big time. And don't even get me started on Matrix. This that's not even. <laughs> we're just gonna skip over that. Uh yeah, you, yeah. I hope twenty twenty two brings more creative uh original uh movies out there you know horror movies obviously um that we can cover in our podcast because we would just love to cover some new creative fresh stuff so here's hoping 2022 uh starts off with a better thing i know uh, we're excited to see scream i know it's not the most original thing out there but hopefully it does something new with the concept of it and I'll be anxious to see that, and then we'll have to see what else is coming out this year. Yeah, there's some some other things down the down the pipe. Um, you know, I want to take this time out to thank all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, and we really appreciate you. We hope you all had a great holiday, and you all have a fantastic New Year's. Be safe. And stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.